feisty, fearless, and fair. She's an Emmy-winning journalist from the White House to war zones, telling all sides of the story. This is The Rita Cosby Show. on Russia's invasion of Ukraine. And tonight on the Rita Cosby Show, horrific images coming out of Ukraine. Bodies laying in the streets of civilians, also mass graves. All of this as the Russians leave the northwestern suburb of Kiev, the capital city, and leave Bucha. And in Bucha, there are just horrific images that I think the world will never be able to erase. Bodies of children, bodies of women and men that are clearly dressed as civilians with their hands tied behind their backs. They are bound. Many of them are also blindfolded. Many of them have bullets to the head. And so tonight on the Rita Cosby Show, I want to hear your thoughts as to what we do now. It's 1-800-848-9222, 1-800-848-9222. All of this is coming as news is now breaking that the U.S. State Department is supporting efforts to document Russia's war crimes in Ukraine, that an international team of prosecutors is going to be heading to Ukraine, this news just breaking a little bit ago, to collect preserve and analyze evidence that will hold Russia and also its leader, Vladimir Putin, responsible. There seems to be no doubt tonight that war crimes have indeed been committed. I could have told you that weeks ago. But as we are seeing the images, I don't think there's anybody out there who can say that this is not a war crime. And in fact, President Biden, who I just think has been so tepid and so sort of all over the place, you know, making comments and he doesn't retract them and then makes another comment that it's retracted. This has been just a diplomatic mess in so many regards. And also, I think, delayed in getting equipment to Ukraine. And they have been able to push the Russians back. They pushed them back out of that suburb and other suburbs of Kiev and other big cities in Ukraine. There's still a lot of Russians on the eastern part, but tonight the Ukrainians have had some pretty good strides. So when are we going to finally give them all the military might they need? I'm not talking about boots on the ground, guys. I am not a boots on the ground person for U.S. troops being there in Ukraine. But I do think it's time to now give them the MIGs and give them everything they can. Isn't the objective tonight to make sure that Ukraine wins? Don't we need to throw everything in the kitchen sink in at this point to make sure that they do indeed win? What more proof does the world need that Vladimir Putin and his Russian generals are monsters? I mean, I don't even know any other way to describe it. They are animals. The way they are treating the Ukrainian people, these are savages. They are trying to break the will of the Ukrainians at every single turn. You know, first we thought it was bad enough what we were hearing out of Mariupol. Remember when they hit that theater and it was marked children on the outside? And there were supposedly about a 1,000 people inside. They believe that several hundred people were killed in that single strike alone. 
And in that strike, they believe at least 300 children, they believe, were killed in that theater. And that wasn't bad enough for the world. And then we've heard these other stories of them hitting hospitals, hitting kindergartens, blocking the Mariupol people that are trying to evacuate. There's about a couple, there's about 100,000 people, they believe, in Mariupol. That's at Eastern City. And tonight they are being squeezed. They are getting pummeled. And there are reports that about 90 to 95 percent of that city is leveled. That city's almost basically erased off the map. And we know that people are starving there. No food, no water. The water they've been getting is from melted snow because they're not even allowing humanitarian convoys to come in. And today we got word just a little bit ago that a number of humanitarian convoys are being stopped trying to leave Mariupol. Uh, There was a convoy of refugees that was blocked by the Russians after the Russians had agreed upon the route that they would allow citizens to leave Mariupol. Then they blocked the convoy. They are not letting people in with food, and they are not letting any of the citizens out. And what we are hearing from other people tied to the Ukrainian government, they believe those images that we saw from Bucha, again, which is that northwestern suburb of the capital city of Kiev, which was pivotal for the Russians to try to take. They didn't have to kill those people on the way out. It is unbelievable. The brutality is horrific. These people are truly, truly animals. And I, I'm just disgusted tonight as I've been seeing these images, and I'm just outraged. And the world has to do more. And I think America has to finally step up, and it's got to do more. And I want to hear your thoughts tonight as to where you think this is headed and what needs to be done to Russian forces that played a role in that or any of the attacks on the civilians, and also the leader of Russia, Vladimir Putin, because this was in his playbook. You listen to U.S. intelligence officials today, everybody. They're saying this was in his playbook. All the intelligence was basically showing that he was going to do something like this. This is not some rogue general basically trying to act out of uh, his own will, his own evil mind. This was basically out of Putin's playbook and basically what he has done in other countries where he has tried to take over. This is a typical Russian fighting tactic, and it needs to stop. And by the way, everybody, coming up, In about a half an hour, about 20 minutes or so, actually here on the Rita Cosby Show, we are going to have Congressman Michael Waltz on the show. He is the first Green Beret ever elected to the U.S. Congress. And I can't wait to get his take specifically on what he thinks the world needs to do now. Does he think that Biden has been lackluster? And what does Biden need to give now in terms of military hardware? Is it time to give the MIGs? Is it time to give, I think, why? what the heck are we waiting for in terms of especially these switchblade drones? Have you heard about these drones? They're basically uh, suicide drones, if you will. They go in on a target and they literally, you know, explode on contact with the target. But you're able to go see them from a long distance. You're, you know, you're not putting any boots on the ground. You're not even risking any Ukrainian lives. They are literally totally electronic, these switchblade drones. Why not send them thousands? My buddy, David Petraeus, General Petraeus, who we've had here on the show many times, and I respect the heck out of his military insight, of course, and his background. He has said there literally should be 
thousands upon thousands of those specific drones sent in immediately. General Kellogg has also said the same thing. What are we waiting for? How is that going to escalate things? What are you going to wait till more Ukrainians are slaughtered, raped in their basement, as we're hearing, tortured on the street, limbs cut off, beheaded? I, I mean, these stories are horrific. And these images are unbelievable. And many people are saying the worst is still yet to come from Vladimir Putin. So how much more do we have to take to know that this guy is a war criminal, to know that this guy is pushing every envelope of humanity in the worst way, that he is violating every norm that you can imagine? Isn't it time that we literally do something that says Vladimir Putin You're going to get out of Ukraine and you are never going to step foot in that country or in another country outside of Russia again. What the heck are we waiting for, guys? It's 1-800-848-9222, 1-800-848-9222. And I want to hear your thoughts here on The Rita Cosby Show. Meantime, I am happy to say that President Putin, President Biden, rather, forgive me, did finally put his foot down and did actually say, yes, he is a war criminal, that Putin is a war criminal. He finally made it clear. Remember, it kind of took a while for him to get there. He kind of made the comment that, remember, he kind of took it back. He talked about regime change, kind of took it back. Well, today he made a statement that it doesn't look like has to be taken back, and he said that he hopes that there will be a war crimes trial taking place immediately Take a listen to President Biden just a little bit ago. You may remember I got criticized for calling Putin a war criminal. Well, the truth of the matter is so what happened in Ukraine. This warrants him. He is a war criminal. But we have to gather the information. We have to continue to provide Ukraine with the weapons they need to continue the fight. And we have to gather all the detail so this can be an actual have a war crime trial. This guy is brutal. And what's happening in Bukha is outrageous, and everyone's seen it. Up to Allah. No, I think it is a war crime. So I'm happy to hear that he is saying it is a war crime. The images are so horrific. They are so blatant at what has happened. These are Russian troops that were leaving Bukha. And you know we're going to see more scenes like this. This is There's probably scenes like this, sadly, all over the country of Ukraine. So when are we going to stop and say, wait a minute, we are the leaders of democracy in the world, as opposed to saying, oh, we're just going to give them a little bit of this. We're going to give them a little bit of that. But we don't want to scare Vladimir Putin. It could it get any worse than what the stories that we just heard in this single town. 400 people were brutally killed, brutally killed. And the images we are seeing are civilians. Somebody was on a bicycle. You see kids who are executed. I mean, does it get any worse? Women who are raped in their basement. I mean, isn't it time where the world needs to say enough? We have to stop this evil man before he proceeds further in Ukraine and before he plans on going to the next country. Does it look like Vladimir Putin is stopping anytime soon? It looks like he is getting worse and worse and worse. And meantime, President Zelensky of Ukraine is pleading with the world to step in and saying that what he saw in Bucha is definitely well even beyond war crimes. And in fact, how amazing is this leader 
compared, I even think, to our leader. You got Zelensky in the middle of the war zone. He is the most wanted man in the world with every single Russian at this moment and every single mercenary that they brought in. And yet he walks into the town of Bucha with his armed security guys and looks to show the world what he is seeing and to tell the world that these are war crimes. Talk about a leader and talk about the guts of that guy, knowing that every single person in the world in terms of the Russians and those who are against him, uh, I'm talking about the Wagner group and I'm talking about the Chechens and all these ruthless mercenaries that are out there that have a hit on him. Every single one of them is trying to get this guy. And yet he walks in there in the middle of the street in Bucha with his guys to declare to the world that this must end. Take a listen. When we find people with with uh, hands tied behind their back and decapitated, such things I don't understand, I don't comprehend. The kids who were killed and tortured, so it wasn't enough just to kill for those criminals. I don't know what law or what imprisonment term would be adequate for this as the father of two children and as a president i think that these people if they are put behind the bars this is one too little for what they have done indeed this is genocide you know i agree with them too little a punishment a prison for the rest of his life for vladimir putin and his generals and his comrades who carried this out is too little. I can think of the proper punishment. <laughs> what do you think, guys? 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Stuart on line one. Stuart, your thoughts about what needs to happen now after seeing these images? Yes, good evening, Rita. So I agree with uh, Lieutenant Colonel Daniel Davis. Uh, he's a Fox News analyst. I think Frank had him on. It's counterintuitive what we need to do. Putin, whether we uh, want to have him to be a war criminal on trial or not, he's not going to be ever put on trial ever. They're not going to pull him out of Russia. He's not going to leave Russia. We need to demand immediate negotiations between both parties. And calling him a war criminal, even though it's true and it makes us feel better, is going to make negotiations even harder, and it's going to end up killing more Ukrainians, giving them more weapons, is going to extend this war. And if you don't think Putin will use tactical nukes, I got a bridge to sell you. So, um, I yeah, And by the way, Stuart, you bring up some very powerful points because, yes, there are a lot of major issues here with his ability, as you talk about with nukes. Um, and you're right. There are a lot of sensitivities here. On the other hand, it doesn't look like he's also stopping. And so I contend... You have to do something to make him stop and make him be forced to come to the peace table. Obviously, that would be the ideal thing. But right now, kind of like dripping and drabbing with different, met, you know, different kind of military, you know, OK, here's some service to air. Here's, you know, here's some javelins. Here's a number of these things that necessarily isn't going to, you know, come to a quick peace table negotiation either. You sort of need to do something that he feels like, uh-oh, okay, maybe I need to be forced to come to the peace table. Right now, I'm not seeing him having any incentive 
to come to the peace table. And also on the flip side, the Ukrainians are feeling they've had some victories. They're outraged by what they're seeing. And so they're not incentivized to necessarily give away eastern part of their country, which it looks like at minimum Putin's going to want. So there's got to be some pressure somewhere. And right now he's just carrying out these horrible atrocities and not getting accounted for. Like you just said, the words, I mean, maybe it's time, you know, one of the things and um, and Stuart, I'm going to talk about after the break, some of the things that I actually think maybe might force him to go to the peace table. There's got to be something, because I agree, that is the end-all, be-all, is to hopefully come to some terms of peace. But at the same time, we can't live in la-la land and think he's going to stop. 1-800-848-9222. The Rita Cosby Show. It's the Rita Cosby Show. And you're listening to the Rita Cosby Show as we are talking about these horrific war crimes that we are seeing now in the town of Bucha, just outside of Kiev in Ukraine. Unbelievable, horrible scenes of civilians who are dressed in their clothes, a guy on a bike, children who have been shot in the back of the head, many of them tortured many of them with their hands tied behind their back. It is an outrageous scene of what the Russians have done to Ukrainian civilians. So is this what will tip things over the limit to finally maybe turn the tide in this war? And I believe give the Ukrainians everything they need to fight. Let them fight, not us. But let them fight with the best military might. What are your thoughts? That's my thoughts, guys. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Now, Stuart was just calling before the break. One of the things I want to address, I think one of the things we can do, because I do think by declaring Putin, quote, a war criminal and saying we're going to have a war crimes trial. Yeah, declare him a war criminal. That's a great idea. I think thousand percent. Here's the investigation. About five seconds. It's done. It's obvious. It is. So he gets declared a war criminal, but actually getting him in, that's a whole other issue. Does anybody think that there's a way to pull him in? I'm curious if you think there is. Maybe somebody there might turn him in. Maybe you put a price on his head and say, hey, if you hand him over to the war crimes tribunal, you'll get a million bucks or you'll get five million bucks. Maybe a general might turn on him. I also think you start declaring these generals to be war criminals, too. You start naming the generals and the colonels, and you start putting their pictures out there and say, these are the 20 generals, or these are the 300 generals. Here's the shots of all the soldiers. You have their photos scrolled and their names put up on, like, a website and on all the media around the world saying, wanted for war crimes. Everything. Imagine how that's going to put the pressure maybe on them. Maybe they'll realize that after... Vladimir Putin, they may be seeing, you know, a prison cell or worse. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Tom on line one. Tom, your thoughts about what we need to do now. Go ahead, Tom. Evening, Reader. Um, one of your callers said that, uh, that they would definitely use nukes or something like that. I, I don't feel that way, personally. I mean, if they even tactical nukes. Um, I think the nudes people know. I mean, he's an idiot. Or he's a, 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 an evil genius or whatever you want to call him. But 
I'm pretty sure he's going to, I mean, I really can't destroy the future, but uh, I just hope he would never use it. But as a veteran of Iraq, I'm, I'm disgusted at the tragic war crimes going on in Ukraine. Biden has been ineffective at leading and supplying the ordinance to Ukraine. The world is watching and waiting for America to do something, to lead the world. I'm shocked at Biden's ineffectiveness, Putin's brutality. You know, uh, Putin knows that they can't not, they can't launch news. It's time to give the Ukrainian, it's time to give Ukraine everything they need. And get off your ass, Biden, and do something. Get out of the freaking basement. Yeah, I feel, by the way, I feel the same way you do. It's like, it is time, Tom. And what more do you need? And what's scary is that I sadly think this is just a tip of the iceberg of the crimes that have already been committed. And how many more do we need to see committed before we finally say, okay, let's get off our butt and get out of the basement, Biden, just as you said. We're going to continue about this and talk to Congressman Michael Waltz after the break. Rita Cosby is on. The Rita Cosby Show presents Back the Blue. And in tonight's Back the Blue segment, some very discouraging and sad numbers coming from the National Fraternal Order of Police. That's the world's largest organization of law enforcement officers. And they are reporting that 101 officers were shot in the line of duty as of April 1st of this year alone. And that includes 17 of those who were fatally shot. The latest figure marks a 43% increase compared to the number of officers that were shot at the same time period in 2021 and a 63% increase compared to 2020. The head of the National Fraternal Order of Police said, quote, we are in the midst of a real crisis. The violence directed at law enforcement officers is unlike anything I have ever seen, he said, in my 36 years of law enforcement. And National Fraternal Order of Police President Patrick Yost further said, it's important to remember that when we look at these numbers, they represent people who are fathers, mothers, sons, and daughters. And boy, it is always so important that we appreciate our police and we support them and their families. And boy, are these numbers, as I hear about them, absolutely horrible and absolutely heartbreaking. Well, we are talking, of course, about the horrific scenes that are coming out of Ukraine and particularly the suburb of Kiev called Bucha, where now the world has seen it's about about 400 bodies that have been located in that suburb alone. And many of them, women, children, uh, civilians with their hands tied behind their back, executed, brutally executed, in many cases, tortured, raped. I mean, horrible stories coming out of that city by the Russian forces. And in just a second, I'm going to bring in Congressman Michael Waltz, who is the first Green Beret ever elected to Congress, to talk about what he thinks we should do now, now that the world has seen what is clearly evidence of war crimes, as if we didn't need it prior to this from all the other accounts. But boy, these images are shocking to the conscience. And now many people are saying, what is Biden waiting for? Why is he not throwing all the military hardware possible 
at Ukraine right now. Give them everything they can to win this fight because this is a ruthless, brutal enemy with Vladimir Putin and his Russian troops. And here are some comments from Lieutenant General David Deptula. He's a retired Air Force general, and he believes it is absolutely time that the Biden administration send in the jets, send in tanks, send in everything that they can in terms of military might, not U.S. troops, but military might. And he said there is a narrow window to do it, and we have to do it soon. Why is the United States of America the world's most powerful nation uh, being deterred. There's absolutely no reason uh, that we can't provide uh, the Ukrainians with MiG-29s, S-300s, more capable drones, surface-to-surface nanoship missiles, and even old U.S. fighters that were retiring. And joining us now to discuss the latest in Ukraine and his new book, Dawn of the Brave, a perfect title given the sign of our times right now, is the first Green Beret to be elected to Congress, Republican Congressman Michael Waltz. Congressman Waltz, great to have you back here on the show. Hey, thanks so much, Rita. Good to be with you. You know, it's great to have you on. And boy, what a just difficult time, I think, about in the world, these heartbreaking images of what we've seen out of Ukraine um, from, of course, the town of Buka, just right outside of Kiev. What are your thoughts as we're seeing just these horrible images of, you know, tortured civilians um, clearly, you know, executed and, you know, with their hands tied behind their back? You know, uh, Rita, it's, uh, it's obviously difficult to see. Um, Part of me is thankful, though, that these images are coming out uh, for the world to see. Uh, For those of us who have dealt with the Russians uh, over the years, as I have certainly in my military experience, but also in the in the policy world, uh, this is this is the Russian way of war. Uh, They did this in Afghanistan uh, back in the 80s, where they literally carpet bombed villages. They even read a. disguised landmines as toys so that kids would pick them up uh, and, and of course, kill and maim the children to terrorize the families. They've done this in Chechnya. They've done this in uh, Syria, where the U.N. has estimated the Russians deliberately bombed 54 hospitals. Uh, and now we're seeing this play out uh, in, in Ukraine. But unlike those other conflicts, uh, this is on full display for the world to see. Uh, it's absolutely a war crime uh, that that not only the Russian soldiers have to be held accountable for, but all the way up to chain uh, up the chain to Putin himself. And I think for anyone who had any doubt of whether we should be supporting the Ukrainians, uh, I hope this erases it. We just cannot turn a blind eye and turn our backs and allow this to continue. Yeah, I agree, Congressman Walt. So what do we do now with Putin? I mean, we heard from President Biden today saying that he wants a war crimes trial. How do you think we should handle this? Well, I think that's one thing, the message against Putin. Um, And we should. But honestly, I don't really think he gives much of a darn. Uh, Who we need to be messaging to, and I'd like to see us call out by name, uh, are the generals, colonels, you know, officials all the way down the line uh, that um, that they will be pursued. Many of them are, are thinking about life after Putin uh, and that, 
you know, if it, that, that they will be held accountable and start sowing doubt into their minds of whether they should continue, you know, on this murderous path that, that Putin is leading uh, and, and start, frankly, one, to hopefully stop uh, the atrocities they're committing, but two, start sowing doubt within um within his chain of command uh and then uh, we need to we need to support ukrainians uh and zelensky in his effort to win uh my the thing that frustrates me the most is is the white house is so afraid of putin uh they've allowed him to draw red lines that we've backed away from of course no one wants world war three uh, but, you know, you can't let fear drive your policy. Putin's afraid of war with us, too. Uh, and we need to establish very clear uh, red lines ourselves when it comes to the use of chemical weapons, when it comes to the use of WMD, uh, continuing these atrocities. And we need to stop drawing these ridiculous distinctions between the different types of weapons we're providing the Ukrainians. Give them everything they need. Give them the most sophisticated weapons that they can possibly use. Give them the training to be able to use it the most effectively and let them go fight and win. You know, a lot of people point to exactly what you're saying in terms of like in Vietnam, the Russians were supplying tons of planes. They didn't hold back. So do you believe to that point that we should be giving them the MiGs and some other things? And Korea and Korea as well. Uh, <laughs> Right. Uh, in, in multiple wars, uh, both the Chinese and the Russians were providing uh, the adversaries of the U.N. and the United States um, literally tons of weapons, including the most sophisticated planes at that time. We should be providing the MiGs. We should be providing the S-300 air defense system. Uh, we should be providing the radars that they've been asking for. But here's the policy decision that that I believe uh, Biden will stumble upon. Uh, if the current trajectory continues, uh, we just saw uh, the Ukrainians launch their first offensive operation at an oil refinery inside of Russia. Um, what happens if the Ukrainian momentum continues? We keep providing them what they want, but they start actually pushing Russian forces out of Crimea, out of the Donbass, hitting targets inside of Russia that are supplying the logistics uh, to those forces. Is Biden so afraid uh, of Putin and what he might do that he's going to pump the brakes uh, on on our support or try to put limitations on it? Or is he going to give Zelensky everything he needs to fight for freedom and to restore the sovereignty of his country? I hope it's the latter, but I'm I'm afraid it may be the former. Yeah, and I think a lot of people are. And in fact, even if we listen, you know, Congressman Waltz, to the verbiage of the White House, they never kind of come right out and say, we want, you know, Zelensky to win. We just want to stop Putin. We want to stop his ruthlessness. Yeah. You're right. They don't seem to have this very clear objective to winning the war. Well, and what the um, and the fear there is that, you know, I mean, let's keep in mind, uh, Ukraine hasn't been fighting this war for the last month. They've been fighting it for the last seven, eight years since 2014. Uh, and after the first invasion, it settled into a stalemate with this kind of trench-style warfare, and Ukrainians have been dying at the hands of Russians ever since. And I fear all, all that may happen now is cities will have been leveled, atrocities will have happened and been committed, and all we've you know, done is allowed the lines to move a bit, where Russia just keeps taking these bite-sized chunks 
uh, out, out of Ukraine. And oh, by the way, the chunk they're taking in the east is Ukraine's most energy rich and mineral rich sector of its of its country. Uh, that's the part that will benefit Putin the most. And then, of course, the area along the Black Sea for that warm water uh, port that Russia has historically wanted. So let's help Ukraine take their land back. Let's help them win, not just manage a stalemate. Absolutely. And win not just for them, but I think for history. Boy, would it send a powerful message if Putin is completely driven out and also sent a message, don't ever think about doing this again. Um, I want to make sure that I get to you, um, Congressman Waltz, about your new book, too, because I think, boy, is it perfectly timed. The title is called Dawn of the Brave. Tell us about it, because it's about service. It's about leadership and certainly important topics. Well, it's a children's book. Uh, The age ranges are are 6 to 10. Uh, It's actually one of a series. Uh, You cannot buy it on Amazon. I stomp my foot and say that again. It's not on Amazon. It's on bravebooks.com. It's a subscription model, and each month uh, your child would receive a new book with a focus on a traditional theme, uh, faith, family, traditional values. In the case of my book, it's the culmination of uh, the first series, uh, and uh, it's based, it's focused on teamwork, service to country, uh, serving a cause bigger than yourselves. All of the characters, which are all animal-based, you know, cheetahs and gorilla and others, they've all had various adventures in the previous books, but they all come together uh, in mind to defend Freedom Island, and they figure out they can't they can't defend it from the from the evil pirates by themselves. They have to come together and work as a team. Everybody has their own strengths and weaknesses that are complementary, that can be celebrated. Uh, but look, Rita, we're all wringing our hands. I'm sure you've had many people on your show uh, about the garbage that's being taught in our schools, about this woke agenda. Well, let, what are we doing to, to, to take that back? And what are we doing to put positive conservative, traditional content out there. And so I'm really proud to have partnered with Brave Books. It's available on bravebooks.com. And and I think, you know, we need our young folks to be learning and thinking about how we serve our neighbors, how we serve our community, how we serve this great country, and how we give back. And uh, I'm really thrilled with it. Oh, and by the way, uh, uh, $15 of each subscription will go to Samaritan's Purse, which is doing uh, such great work in Ukraine. How awesome is that? And they are doing amazing work, of course, with uh, my buddy Franklin Graham there, which is really fantastic. Do you think enough young people understand um, the importance of giving back? Do you think maybe some of the headlines of what we've been seeing of late, particularly, I think about even during the coronavirus, where there was so much attention on a positive note to the doctors and the nurses and the people that were doing just amazing things. And now here we're seeing, you know, sadly, what's also been happening, of course, in Ukraine, as we talked about, too, but at least they're understanding that there's a cost to freedom, which you understand as someone who was in the military. You were in the Army for 24 years, Congressman Waltz. Do you think enough young people understand um, maybe some of the headlines are are also reinforcing this great message of your book, Dawn of the Brave. Yeah, I hope so. Um, but you know, I also see what's happening in Florida with Disney, uh, and you know the kind of the the agenda that's going on there. Uh, so I think I think we have to push back, and I think we have to get this type of content, you know, into the hands of our kids and into the hands of parents. Uh, and parents have to you know take control of their child's education. So uh, 
I, I do think this episode, you know, this tragedy in Russia and Ukraine has really, hopefully, given the world a, a good, healthy shake, uh, wake-up call that evil absolutely exists. World War II-style brute military force uh, absolutely is is still a threat. Why we have to have a strong national defense and why we need a citizenry willing to step up uh, to defend our rights and defend our values. Um, I fear now a couple of generations away from the draft that uh, you know we've kind of settled into these this you know very less than one percent right now serves in the military and we've settled and it tends to be generational now that we're a couple of generations away. Uh, I would like to get us back to national service. That's not a draft, but um, but we can incentivize it. And I would like to get us, you don't have to you know, wear a uniform to serve. You can serve in national parks or inner city tutoring or, or elderly, uh, elderly care. There's a lot of ways uh, that you can give back. And I think, you know, before we start giving education away or just forgiving people's debt, let's get the taxpayer some service back for that and our society some service back for that. And meanwhile, the citizen, the young people are learning leadership and followership and discipline and teamwork. You know, I think all of those things have to come back to the fore, but it, it starts at a young age and instilling those values. And again, thrilled thrilled to be launching this book. Um, and, and I hope people will visit bravebooks.com and take a look at a subscription. Absolutely. What a great and timely and important message. And again, it's bravebooks.com. And I love the fact, Congressman, you also said that $15 of every book goes to Samaritan's Purse, which is helping so much the Ukrainian refugees. Bravo to the message. And thanks for your great service to this country and inspiring so many other people to do the same. Thank you, Congressman Waltz. Great to have you here. Thank you so much, Rita. Happy to come on. Great to get his perspective again, the first Green Beret elected to Congress. Where do you think the war goes from here? Um, I also liked his idea. You know, I feel the same way that I think we should start calling out the generals. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Elena. Elena, um, I like Congressman Waltz's idea about listing the generals as war criminals, too, not just Putin, but go after all of them. Yes, and uh, I believe that, too. Uh, it was such a pleasure to hear Congressman Walls and his idea. I will back him up a thousand percent. But, Rita, this man Putin is worse than Hitler. And during after World War II, there were many people that were prosecuted, not only Hitler. We're not going to get Putin out of Russia. There, that's not a question. But we can prosecute everybody else. And Putin is worse than Stalin. Yeah. This is atrocious. It is. It is unbelievable, Elena. I agree with you. It is horrific and it must stop. We're going to continue with your calls, everybody, after the break. 1 800 848 9222. It's the Rita Cosby Show. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Rita Cosby Show. 
Well, it is time, I think, to jump and hurry up and send military hardware to Ukraine because the window for them to get it, well, it's narrowing. And you're seeing these horrible atrocities all over the place. And I think some of the worst that the world has seen coming from that suburb of Kiev, where, again, women, children, men, civilians tortured and killed. Horrible images where bodies are just laying strewn on the side of the road that clearly Russian troops discriminate, just went, hey, here we go. We're going to shoot all these people, torture them, some of them, um, you know, with limbs cut off. It is just it is horrific to see. And the world must do something led by America. What is our president doing? 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Jason on line two in Brooklyn. Go ahead, Jason, your thoughts. Oh, hey, Rita. How are you? I love your show. Um, I have a little bit of a different perspective there. Uh, my family is Russian, Italian, and Polish, and they live in the Crimean Peninsula, and they knew that everything was going a little bit sideways, I would say, about two and a half months ago. And they asked me to come from Brooklyn to help them go to their summer place, which is in Poland on the water. And when I went there, nothing seemed crazy. And we started moving all the art, the family wares and everything up to the summer place. And nothing was crazy. And the last day when we left, it was like a murder scene. Like it was absolute craziness, bombing and like, these are like very wealthy places that you would think if you're taking over a country, you would never want to bomb like the most beautiful parts of it. And so how do you, where's your take a little different, Jason? That's interesting because you were there. And what do you think of Vladimir was, Putin? It was like the most beautiful place on earth. And you like, you want to do scorched earth on a place you're taking over. Like, how does that make any sense? Well, I think part of it is Jason is that, I think Vladimir Putin is so uh, bloodthirsty for power and to take over these people and to literally target women and children. And obviously, this is not the first time we heard about the hospital, the theater, oh all God, these places. So disgusting with the, the hospitals, the children. Like, how do you do that? It is a war crime. Well, that's why I'm saying I think, Jason, this man is a monster and he is uncontrollable Absolutely. and needs Absolutely. to be controlled. And that's why I think he does it like you're like you're just saying. I mean, you would first of all, you would never do that to women and children. He shouldn't have invaded to begin with. And then he took it to another level by women and children. Now, these scenes out of Bucha. I mean, this is a man who well, obviously it, needs it, to it, be it, stopped. It, exactly. We read it. Exactly. We always say civilians. But then we go women and children. And like. When you see, like, when you see, like, 87-year-old women with Kalashnikovs in their hands, like, fighting against, like, an unknown force, it's amazing. It's incredible and disgusting. And hey, crazy. real quick, Jason. Jason, real quick. What do you think needs to happen now? You have a few seconds. Real quick. Uh, I think somebody needs to take them out. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I just think it is so horrible. And I hope, I Jason. Know, I don't know who that's going to be. Yeah. Like... <laughs> well, listen, let's pray, Jason, by the way. Let's pray that maybe it's one of his own generals. Maybe it's one of these oligarchs. Maybe it's somebody within his own power. We'll find out. When we come back, we're going to talk more about this and also 
do you think he'll be brought up on war crimes, everybody? Feisty, fearless, and fair. She's an Emmy-winning journalist from the White House to war zones, telling all sides of the story. This is the Rita Cosby Show. Latest on Russia's invasion of Ukraine. And at this hour, with some breaking news in the last 10 minutes or so, air raid sirens going off in almost every region of Ukraine. This is the first time uh, that we have seen it where they're saying in virtually every single region of the country. And the list of where the sirens have been activated include, of course, the capital city of Kiev. They include Lviv, which is the big city there on the western part of the country that is near the Polish border, too, as well. Also including Odessa, the seaport, Mykolaiv, um, Sumy, Ternopol, Volnin. Um, the list is going on and on, uh, Donetsk, but it appears that simultaneously sirens have been activated and that there are fear of multiple attacks about to potentially take place in Ukraine. Um, And again, sirens going off in virtually every region of the country. Meantime, details are coming in about the horrible atrocities that took place in the town of Bucha, which is the northwestern suburb of the capital city. The images are just so gruesome and hard to erase of bodies strewn on the streets, some of individual civilians with their hands tied, shot execution style, and also reports tonight that a Russian torture chamber has been discovered in the basement of a children's health resort in that same town of Bucha. Uh, The bodies of multiple murdered men were discovered in the basement, their hands tied, and they have appeared to have been severely, severely tortured. Meantime, also, Foreign Minister of Ukraine, Dmitry Koleba, is demanding that the strictest punishment come to Russia this week. He is saying on behalf of the victims of Bucha, this is a plea of the victims, he says, of rape, torture, murder, and their relatives and the entire Ukrainian nation. We are demanding that the world have justice for Vladimir Putin and his henchmen. So what can the world do immediately, everybody? Well, we know that President Zelensky also went to Bucha a few hours ago. And again, I think about what the guts of this guy, knowing that some of the most brutal assassins in the world are trying to get him. And yet he is going to the streets out there with his security team, shows up because he wanted to see firsthand what was happening on the streets of Bucha and the damage and the death and to be able to tell the world that this must end. He also addressed the Grammys last night uh, with a lot of the performers, and this is his message to those performers who have big social media, big platforms, and he said to them, you must speak out, not just for Ukraine, but for freedom around the world. Take a listen. Our musicians wear body armor instead of tuxedo. They sing to their wounded in hospitals, even to those who can't hear them, but breakthrough anyway. We defend our freedom to live, to love, to sound. On our land, we are fighting Russia 
which brings horrible silence with its bombs, the dead silence. Feel the silence with your music. Feel it today to tell our story. And today we heard from President Biden saying that, yes, he believes that Vladimir Putin is a war criminal and that there should be a war crimes trial for Vladimir Putin. And this is what he also said. He said he and his team are now going to focus along with others. And we understand a series of them will be looking in Ukraine, at least getting investigators from the International Society on the ground there to be able to get basically the hard evidence so they can bring Vladimir Putin and hopefully some of his generals to trial like a Nuremberg trial. Take a listen. Right now, we are supporting a multinational team of international experts and other war crimes uh, experts deployed to the region. This interdisciplinary team includes American experts uh, and is directly supporting efforts of Ukraine's Prosecutor General War Crimes Unit, uh, uh, an effort that entails collecting, preserving, analyzing evidence of atrocities with a view towards pursuing criminal uh, accountability. So do you think that Vladimir Putin will be brought to justice through like a war crimes trial? We saw it in the past with like Rwanda. We saw it also with the former Yugoslavia. And you think about with uh, Milosevic, he was on trial at The Hague. Remember that whole ordeal? Could we see the same thing with Vladimir Putin? And what do you think the chances of that are? I think sadly slim to none. But boy, wouldn't it be great. And I think it's at least important to say that that is happening and to also call out all his henchmen. Again, I think you just you start listing the people who have been involved in any of these atrocities, figuring out who may have done some of the bombings, who did some of the atrocities in Bucha that we're talking about. You list them all, you call them out and you call them out by name and you put their picture around the world like, you know, like the FBI's most wanted. You make a list. I don't care if it's 2,000 names long. You put it out there that these are the worst of the worst and you shame them in every society, every form of life. Just like we're trying to do to the oligarchs, I think you do the same thing with every single general that may have played a role and anybody who actually carried out. I don't care what level they were. If they were a low-level you know, military guy, if they were a mercenary, if they were a German general, and of course, I mean a Russian general, but of course Vladimir Putin. But what do you think the chances realistically of him saying, ah, I surrender, I'd say minus 10%. There is no way that's going to happen. And today, um, Peter Ducey was asking Jen Psaki at the White House about that and saying, what do you think the chances are that Putin himself would actually come to trial? Take a listen to this exchange. So President Biden is talking about putting a wartime trial. Does he expect Putin to turn himself in to stand trial, or does he think somebody's going to have to go into Russia and arrest him? Well, without getting into the mechanisms, which I know were the good questions everybody was asking uh, our national security advisor, there is precedent in the past of how this process can work. We're not going to prejudge what the process would work or or uh, what steps uh, would be taken uh, through the, through an international legal process. So that's not quite where we're at right now, Peter, and I can't give you a sense of the mechanisms of, of if, if convicted, what would happen. Wow. That's still new, but boy, they better hurry up because the Ukrainian people in many of these towns are being slaughtered. By the way, later on, also in the hour, we're also going to talk about now three states led by GOP governors. They are now suing the Biden administration for their rescission 
of Title 42. That's basically the rule that allowed for asylum seekers to be blocked because of the coronavirus, because of health reasons, as if the Biden administration was even enforcing that. Well, now that is being rescinded. And even the Biden administration and others who've been kind of downplaying everything that's been happening at our own southern border are saying the floodgates are going to open. As if you haven't seen a lot of numbers crossing our U.S. southern border, it's going to get a whole lot worse. And it's being described as a tsunami across our own southern border. And we're going to talk about that later on in the hour. First, of course, we're talking about international security and what is happening in Ukraine I say call out every single general, colonel, I don't care who they are, if they played a role in any of these horrible atrocities, they need to be brought to justice. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Larry on line five. Larry, your thoughts about this? Rita, this whole notion of, what is this, roll call? You're going to call them? What is, well, you might as well blow Reveille and get them out of bed in the morning, and that's going to be their punishment. Listen, I want to know, with these atrocities, this genocide, was that done while the Russian troops were retreating? Because General Jack Keane, uh, about a week ago, I saw him, he called for uh, all the reinforcements so that Ukraine can make a strike on the retreating Russian troops. It's only, um, it's only uh, common sense. That if they're while they're retreating, they're going to try to commit genocide as revenge for the losses that they that they that, that ensued upon their men. So if if, if Jack Keane was listened to, look, Biden is calling. Wait a minute, Biden. Larry. I'm having a hard time with a lot of the things you said. First off, do you think that these generals or anybody who is responsible for any of these crimes against, particularly, let's just talk about you know what's happening in Bucha with the civilians. Do you think there's any justification for these atrocious images we've seen? You seem to be justifying it. I, I'm really concerned about you, Larry. Go ahead. Read, read it, read it. Don't, don't cast dispersions on me. I'm talking about I, I, You catch dispersions I'm, on yourself. You said, you said, you, you're, trying, you're trying to justify why they did, why they slaughtered women and children. You got a problem, Larry. I know that's very far. I think you have the problem if you think I'm doing that. You have a serious problem. Larry, do you want me to play over again? You were you were making it sound like that there's a reason why they're doing it in the retreat. There's no reason to be doing it, Larry. There, I, there's no reason to be killing women and children and civilians. There's a guy on a bike. There's a young kid with a bullet to his head. You, uh, to me, you're making it sound like, well, that's the reason that Russians were doing that. There's no reason to do that, Larry, not even in, 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 in warfare. There's no reason to do that, Larry. You're providing the excuse, not me. I'm saying logistically it could have been prevented. If, if, if what if the Russia, if they had surrendered? What do you I mean, you know, these were these were not armed civilians, Larry. Barred them on the retreat. They probably committed these crimes while they were retreating. Yeah, which makes it even worse, Larry. I actually I actually think that makes it even worse because if they were leaving, you don't do it. You know, it's it, it's like uh, it's like what trying to get last licks in on the way out. I mean, it's horrible. And Larry, I covered Kosovo, by the way. And one of the worst things that happened when the peace deal was signed, you could see the Serbs were burning down homes, burning down homes. It was like payback, like getting last licks. Same type of thing we're seeing here. And I again, I don't know if this is the end. I wish it was a peace deal right now for the whole country and for the world. Uh, I, I don't think it is, sadly, but this is atrocious. There is no reason for this, Larry. 
I would I would include Biden in as a war criminal as well for allowing this to happen. He's hiding behind his own call for war crimes. He's a war criminal. Biden is a war criminal because he enabled this. Well, and listen, I think he was slow to the draw. How do you think he enabled this? I wouldn't put him in the same category as Putin, believe me. As much as I'm not a, I'm not a fan of Biden, but I would not put him in the category of Putin. He's still, I would say the American president's a lot better than Vladimir Putin. We had General Jack Keane, who was a candidate for Secretary of Defense. I know Trump. Jack Keane well. Go ahead. He turned down the job, okay? He would have been the Secretary of Defense, not Mad Dog Idiot, whatever his name is, okay? So the point is, he called for the reinforcements, the MiGs, and everything to be said once they started retreating, so Ukraine could, could bombard them on the way out. He must have known, but he didn't want to articulate that they were going to commit genocide. He must have known this. He didn't say it. But he called for the, for the, for the, for the uh, reinforcements, and they were not sent. But that does not justify, you know, necessarily calling our president a war criminal. And two things, Larry. I hear what you're saying. I don't think he necessarily interpreted they were going to do something on the way out. Maybe he did. Um, but I don't know if anybody in the world was prepared to see these images that we've seen that have just been unbelievably horrific and unbelievably awful. Um, and again, it's not like uh, it's not like it's um, ec- it's not like it's accepted in any shape or form. I mean, I just think it, it's atrocious and I think it's horrible. And I do think we should actually call generals out. I mean, I think, Larry, I think we got to shame them because I think. There's some of these generals who we don't know who their name is. There's like one lead general whose name I've heard a number of times. Um, but most of them have been kind of nameless and faceless to the world. Let's see how, how what big tough men they are if they're called out suddenly and the world has them on like the FBI's most wanted list or the international, you know, Interpol's most wanted list. That really would be powerful. It, it can't hurt, Larry. You don't seem to think you seem to think they should get a free pass or what do you think? No, I, I just believe that men like this who commit atrocities on this level, they're laughing until the noose is put around their neck. I mean, there were Nazis in Nuremberg that were laughing and saying Heil Hitler as the noose was tied around their neck. These are the same. They're going to be drinking in vodka and laughing until they have to thin out the ranks of their men. Now is the time to stop talking for Biden. He's always a, a step behind because he's a coward. Now is the time to thin out the ranks. So these generals are exposed and they can finally start realizing that they're not being protected anymore by their men because the men are all dead. Right. Well, and listen, I I fully agree um, with what Jack Keane and you are saying here, and I'm happy to hear you say this, Larry, that indeed military might needs to come in and this needs to really be amped up, not just for Ukraine, but for the world. I mean, it can't get any worse. And as I was just saying, too, in the last few minutes, we're hearing these air raid sirens going off in every single region of Ukraine right now at this point. So, I mean, the Russians do not seem to be backing off. I think they're reconfiguring, if you will. Um, and I don't think there's any excuse for what they did. And I think it is time to give the full might of military from the world um, and again, let Ukraines do it. They have been, you know, they've been pretty successful, uh, but they still have not had the full military might of the world. And I think we give it to them. And I think we hopefully have Russia out of every inch of Ukraine. Um, and that, I think, is the only way to do it, because this guy, 
He's not going to stop. And those generals, I agree with you, they're not going to stop. But I think we should at least try to shame them and do whatever we can so that they know that they can't get away with it. They can't hide under the cover of Vladimir Putin. Larry, thank you. Great call. I really appreciate it. We're going to continue with your calls, everybody, after the break. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. What should we do with Vladimir Putin now? And do you think, as I'm suggesting, we call out the generals? Let's call out every single person in the Russian military that had a role in these horrible deaths in Bucha and in Mariupol and elsewhere. Let's put them on the line. You're listening to The Rita Cosby Show. Hi, it's Ernie Anastas. You know, your thoughts can affect how you feel, and how you feel can impact your thoughts. Addressing your mind and body connection is the key to improving your overall wellness. Bergen Newbridge Medical Center is the largest hospital in New Jersey, providing comprehensive, equitable, compassionate, and high-quality emergency inpatient and outpatient medical care, plus mental health services and substance use disorder treatment. The Bergen Newbridge team can address your total health needs in one convenient location. Call 201-225-7130 for an appointment or newbridgehealth.org. This is the Rita Cosby Show. Listening to the Rita Cosby Show as we are talking about these brutal attacks on Bucha. That is a suburb of Kiev. And what are your thoughts about how we can finally bring Putin and his henchmen to justice? Because when you see these images of civilians who are executed with their hands tied behind their backs, it is horrible. And General Ben Hodges. He was now retired, but very uh, highly acclaimed general said that there is a narrow window now that we must take advantage of in terms of giving the best military might to Ukraine immediately. Because right now the Russian troops were retreating. That's when that looks like they did that slaughter of the suburb of Bucha. And now it looks like there's just going to be, he believes, like about a three week window because he says it looks like the U.S., uh, you know, the uh, Russian military is now regrouping. They're refueling. They're reconstituting. They're bringing in reinforcements. They're bringing in mercenaries. And he said there is a narrow window to be able to really make a difference in this war. And he says it is right now, kind of like a little bit what, what General Keene was talking about, is right now the bombardment must stop, must start, and the pounding and the military might must intensify and here's a little bit of General Ben Hodges talking about that. Winning, it's, it, it can't be just about keeping Ukrainians in the fight. It has to be about us winning. And I have to say I was disappointed when he said it's not that the job of the White House is to just keep the Ukrainians in the fight. But no, this is about something so much more than just Ukraine. And uh, until we, if, if we don't accelerate what we're doing and, and increase the intensity of what we're doing, a sense of urgency, this three-week window of opportunity we have to win, to break the back of the Russians, is going to pass. And then we will be dealing with this for months and years to come. 
Wow. And he also says that there is a specific date right around the corner that the Russia's, Russians are looking at. Now, there's one other key date here. Uh, 9 May. 9 May is Victory Day in Russia. This is when they celebrate the end of World War II. They have this huge parade in Red Square every year. You can be sure that Vladimir Putin is looking for a victory to celebrate on 9 May. So this means that the hell that people in Donbass are already enduring is only going to intensify unless we, led by the United States, start talking about winning and enable the Ukrainians to use this next three weeks to go ahead and break the back of Russian forces. Wow. 9 May. Isn't that interesting, that date? 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Alice in Cincinnati. Alice, your thoughts about how Biden has handled this. Um, I think he's got to step up and get a backbone. Well, uh, thank you for taking my call. Biden's cabinet looks like the Star Wars bar scene. and That good? Because there were some good-looking good? guys in the bar scene. <laughs> <laughs> well, you get my drift. I do. And, uh, unless we find someone in our federal government who grows a pair, then I don't know what we're going to contribute. It has to be a world effort, and I like your idea about highlighting the people involved. And it's hard to hear about this. It just gets worse and worse. It is. And it looks like nothing. It looks like no one is doing anything. Right, right. And and Zelensky, meanwhile, boy, the guts of yes. that guy out there oh. and in the, oh, yeah. in the community, Alice, it's really. Oh, yeah. The Rita Cosby Show presents Support Our Heroes. And in tonight's Support Our Heroes segment, a beautiful tribute coming from the Dayton, Ohio Women's Club, where they were honoring women in service. Air Force retired Colonel Linda Streit Murnane was honored after nearly a 30-year career in the military. She said it took many sacrifices, especially when she first started and joined the Air Force. She said, quote, back then when I enlisted in 1974, if you got pregnant, the rule was that you would be discharged immediately. She said she didn't let it stop her. She then drove hundreds of miles and drove many, many distances to go to a school that actually accepted her. Then she reapplied back to another school that did finally get her in. And finally, she got into the service and grew up through the service. And she said even through all the challenges, she still got a law degree from the University of Cincinnati, and she became an international trial judge in the Air Force. Good for her. And after almost 30 years in the military, she is now a grandmother, and she is now working in private legal practice while taking her place in women's history. And what a great story and how nice to see somebody like her honored for her great service. I always love our Support Our Heroes segment where we honor our great men and women in the military. Well, of course, we are talking about the situation in Ukraine now as these horrible images are coming out of Bucha, um, unforgettable, painful images where you see that women and children and men Uh, were executed, civilians, in this town. And many are predicting that Mariupol, that's, of course, the town on the eastern part, 
uh, that's right there in a very pivotal area, as you can tell from where the Russians are targeting. That's on another part. That's in the eastern part. This part is on uh, outside of Kiev, where these images are. But many people are believing that the images that are going to come out of Mariupol once the media can get in, because nobody can almost get into there, basically. Now it's almost shut off from the rest of the world and from humanitarian and from water and food that the images there may be even more difficult to see. So what do we do to stop Vladimir Putin? And now we heard today from President Biden that he thinks there should be a war crimes tribunal. I think that that's just the tip of the iceberg. I think you should call out all the generals and call out everybody else. Meantime, they're also trying to step up some of these actions against also the oligarchs. There was an oligarchs ship That was found, by the way, um, working with U.S. and also Spanish authorities. Merrick Garland, the attorney general, announced a few hours ago that they took away an oligarch ship uh, that was said to be 240 feet long. That's an awful big yacht. And it was worth one hundred and twenty million dollars. And it was tied to a person who was very close to Vladimir Putin, trying to put the squeeze on Vladimir Putin through people close to him. Now, I'm just going to say one thing. What the heck took this administration so long? They said that they were going after the oligarch ships. Why don't you just, like, look in Italy and look in, like, France and in Cannes and look in some of these other places, Saint-Tropez? Look in some of these other places. Are you kidding me? It's taken this long for them to get one ship? They made this big announcement. Oh, we got the ship. I mean, it's great. I say sell the ship, and hopefully you get – maybe you put it out for bidding – Can you imagine that? This would be a creative idea. You put it out for bidding. You get whatever you get on it. It's 120 million bucks. Say you get 120 million. Hopefully, maybe somebody even wealthier in Hollywood says, I'll give you 200 million for it. And you buy weapons for Ukraine with the 200 million bucks. Give them everything you can. But what the heck has taken this administration so long that they're finally now just getting an oligarch ship? This was the first one. I thought they added dozens by now. What are they doing sitting on their butts? My goodness. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Phil on line three. Phil, how you doing, Phil? I want to get your thoughts on all this because I know you're a veteran. Your thoughts. Yeah, good evening, Rita. Listen, uh, the bottom line is I was in Nam and I, this war went on for years and years and years before I even got there. It, it's I pull back, pull forward, pull this, pull that, bomb you, bomb me. What 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 the problem is? There's a lack of any competent military strategist in, in, on the side of the Ukrainian uh, army. They don't understand about look. Military logic dictates you have to set up defensive lines. You have to you have to put play more mines in. You have to have mortars backing it up. You have to have some kind of field artillery. According to my research into this over the past month and a half, they had basically no standing army with, with the proper equipment. That's their problem, okay? That, that was the reason why the Russians came in with such force, and they, they were successful because there was no pushback. The problem is now what they need is about five or 6,000 mortars just to set up a defensive line where, where you can't cross it. The Russians have one thing in common. Let me just finish it off with this. The Russians have one thing in common. They just want to create a no-man's land between NATO countries and Russia. That's why they're doing what they're doing. And I think that the Russian soldiers are on some kind of medication or some, some crack-based drug 
because they're doing things that are beyond the scope of any soldiers ever done, including the Japanese World War II. Yeah, are you referring to these horrible atrocities in Bucha? Is that what yeah. you're talking about, Phil? Oh, hell yeah. These, the Japanese didn't even go that far, and they were insane. Although, you know what? You know what's amazing, Phil? Um, if you look at the history, and we were talking about this with Michael Waltz, Congressman Michael Waltz, who is great. He was on earlier on the show, um, and you may have heard them. He's, you know, first Green Beret elected to Congress, and he was recounting how they did this. They did similar things to this in Syria and Chechnya. And one of the things that was so horrible, Phil, is he was talking about how they were putting mortars on uh, landmines, rather, on um, on toys. That's what they were doing and, and other past wars that the Russians have done. Like, this is sort of par for the course uh, in Russian warfare and in Putin warfare, obviously, in modern times. The other thing I want to ask you, you talked about these mortars, you know, putting a perimeter of mortars. I agree with you. I, I absolutely, when you're talking about the five to 6,000. But how is that going to stop airstrikes? Because they're continuing to strike them continuously. They, well, in that case, they need ground-to-air missiles, which I, I suppose that they could get. But I don't know what, what this jerk in the White House is doing, why he isn't sending them these, these ground-to-air missiles, these tack weapons. I agree. It's great. You, you know, Phil, did you hear what I also just said about the oligarchs? I mean, even on a – and the reason I bring it up is on a fundamental level. Here it is, this basic fundamental level, going after the oligarchs. That's child's play, as you know. You know, you've been in battle, and, and I, I think you're bringing up some superb points here, Phil. Um, and he has not even gotten the White House. They came out, oh, we're going to go after the oligarchs. We're going to go after all these people. He was talking big and bad on the oligarchs, and everybody was going, that's all you're doing? Even on them, they just had one victory. Granted, it was a good prize. It was a $120 million yacht from an oligarch found in Spain. They work with the Spanish government. But are you kidding me? After, what is it now? We're heading, this is the 41st day for Ukraine for our 40th, but they're 41st with the time difference. So 41st day for Ukraine, right? They've only gotten one ship. I mean, that to me is astounding when they put out that big list. Remember, Phil, it's like, He's got to get off his butt. The world's got to get off their butt. What the heck are they waiting for? Their their basic logic is that you go after the underlings, okay? The problem is, look at Nuremberg. Out of of the the 190 war criminals that were arrested and prosecuted, 85% of them were, were set free because they couldn't prove anything. So you get my meaning. Yeah, no, it is very tough. You, It's a great point. Phil, thank you. Always love hearing from you, my friend. Thank you very much. Let's go to Michael in Virginia Beach. Michael, your thoughts. Can we bring Putin to justice in some form? And Phil just brought up how tough it is. You know, even in, you know, in Nuremberg, how few actually, even at the end of the day, were found responsible for those atrocities then. Go ahead, Michael. I'll, I'll answer your question about uh, bringing uh, Putin to justice if you answer this question for me. How many uh, U.S., French, and British generals were brought to justice for firebombing uh, Dresden, Germany, and for dropping uh, two atomic bombs over Japan and killing uh, untold numbers of uh, civilians? Can you tell me how many were prosecuted? All right, let me answer your question because obviously the answer is zero. But let me let me let me ask you: Why are you such an apologist, Michael? I mean, what is wrong with you? You think why? Do you think it was good thing what was going on in World War II? 
You know, you make it sound like, boy, these terrible Americans coming over there and stopping World War Two. I mean, what, what what's going on with you, Michael? Uh, see, you want to play the Pharisee game where it's rules for thee, but not for me. Now, uh, Michael, why are you defending? Why are you defending Putin? I, I just want to ask you, why do you think there's any justification for a monster who is literally telling people and has had a history of doing this? As I brought up, he did it in Syria, did it elsewhere. Do you think there's any justification for someone doing these images that we have seen in Bucha? In other words, killing women, children, men uh, just on the street who just happen to be on the street, somebody on a bicycle. Uh, I mean, is there any reason for this? They invaded the Russians invaded Ukraine. Do you understand that? Uh, what justification do you apply to burning 100,000 civilians alive in Dresden because they were trying to stop the war that was why they were trying to stop the evil Germans that were committing atrocities during the war and you just justified my point Michael because evil must be stopped and guess what happened soon after some of those attacks soon after they finally found Hitler who who didn't surrender remember he didn't he was never going to surrender and I think Putin's very similar to that personality And I also think if we had not done that in Japan, um, obviously nobody wants to see a loss of life. It's heartbreaking. But it forced them to basically get to the peace table. It forced it, Michael, and that's the facts. And for some reason, you seem to be apologizing for evil people. I I just want to ask you really quick, do you think there's any justification? I'm asking you a question that I'd like an answer for. Do you think there's any reason for committing these horrible atrocities against women and children? I can tell you, Michael. What, no, uh, no, no. I'm asking you a yes or a no. Yes or no. Is there I'm any? I'm going to answer your question. I'm answering your question. Yeah, please. The the the, the best experts for on our side have been telling us since Putin took office that we must not challenge him by uh, opening the door for Ukraine. To join NATO. They said he will wreck Ukraine if you do it. They've been saying this for 22 years. You know the names Kissinger, Sam Nunn, uh, William Perry, the former. All right, all right, all right, Michael. Michael, it still does not justify. There could have been diplomatic negotiations. And yet this monster came in and has wreaked havoc across the world. And it's sad that people like you are apologists. But thank you very much for calling. Let's go to Jimmy from Brooklyn. Jimmy, you're here on the Rita Cosby Show. Go ahead. Yes. Uh, you know, the Soviet genocide. And by, by the way, Jim, by the way, Jim, yes. I'll let you respond to Michael, who obviously is, is dropping uh, some sort of good medicine because, boy, I want that stuff because he's really seeing uh, seeing stars and, and different things. He's seeing unicorns hop across the sky. Go ahead, Jim. I'll let you respond, and then I'll, the I'll give pop, you your point. Pompous, the pompous and arrogance in his voice, like he knows something better than we do, and he right. has a better understanding. And for him then. to equate, he's trying to equate the British and the Americans to basically in the same level as the Nazis, like, you know, war is war, too bad. You know, I mean, yeah. boy, Michael, shame on you, Michael. Go ahead, Jim. Okay. 
the Soviet genocide in Ukraine, 1932 to 33, murdered 10 million people on the best farms in the world through starvation. It led to cannibalism. Now, some of the survivors, there were survivors of this genocide, little children who survived. Many years later, when they became elderly people, a friend of mine was able to interview these people before they died. Otherwise, what they saw as witnesses would have been lost to history. So there's a documentary, The Soviet Story. You have to see it. Very, very important stuff. People who lived through the genocide in Ukraine from the Russian Soviets. So they're interviewed, and before, obviously before they died at old age, because the genocide was 32 to 33. Wow. Also by the way, by the way, really powerful. Um, Jimmy, that's a really, uh, really powerful point. Thank you very much, Jim. Always love hearing from you. And everybody, I want to hear your thoughts. When we come back, we're going to wrap up the show just real briefly talking about the border situation, because now three U.S. attorney generals from the different states, uh, from the Louisiana, from Missouri, and also from Arizona, are filing suit against the Biden administration. And they are very worried about what's happening on our borders as we're talking about security. Here is Missouri's Attorney General Eric Schmidt talking about Title 42, which is about to be lifted soon and open a huge mess at our border. Since Joe Biden's been in office, you've seen waves and waves and waves of illegal immigration. This will unleash a tsunami of illegal immigration at the southern border. There's no question about it. Title 42 has been a very effective means for sending back um, hundreds of thousands of people who've come here illegally. And now it is about to be rescinded. And Senator James Langford says he believes it's all because the Biden administration doesn't want to do anything the Trump administration stood for. Even if it kills the economy, even if it causes other issues, they just say Trump was mean. That's the constant statement. Trump was mean, so we're not going to be mean. We're just going to open up the borders. Wow, we're just going to open up the borders as if the borders need to be more open than they already are. And we've all been talking about just the lackluster leadership of Hill of uh, Joe Biden. And Joe Biden, by the way, over the weekend, did you hear this? He referred to Michelle Obama as the vice president at one point. Oh, my gosh. It's like all over the place. But Hillary Clinton says he's doing a really good job. Take a listen. From my perspective, uh, President Biden is doing uh, a very good job. I think that his handling of Ukraine, uh, passing the American Rescue Package, Mm -hmm. the huge infrastructure package. I'm not quite sure what the disconnect is between the accomplishments of the administration and this Congress and the understanding of what's been done and the impact it will have on the American public and some of the, you know, the polling and the ongoing hand wringing. So when we come back, I want to take your calls and your thoughts on the fact that the Biden administration is lifting Title 42. It was basically a way to block individuals from coming into the U.S. And many are saying, as you just heard, that it will create a tsunami of illegal immigration, as if our border is not a mess already. How concerned are you? 1-800-848-9222. We are talking about our own border security, as we've been talking about Ukraine all night. What about our own southern border? We'll talk about that when we come back. You're listening to The Rita Cosby Show. It's The Rita Cosby Show. 
And very briefly, here on the Rita Cosby Show, we are talking about our own southern border because in the last few hours, three GOP-led states are now officially suing the Biden administration for their move to remove Title 42, which basically puts coronavirus asylum limits and would block people from coming over the border as if this administration has even been basically implementing it. I mean, if you look at it, some scary numbers in terms of gotaways. These are the people who get away. 300,000 gotaways were estimated crossing our southern border in the last six months. 62,000 gotaways in the month of March alone. And some scary numbers in a five-day stretch in just one particular area of the border, the Rio Grande Valley area, five-day stretch last week. Uh, They did luckily apprehend a number of individuals, and they include essentially two Mexicans who were charged with rape. I mean, my goodness, two of them who were charged with rape, Honduran man who was convicted of murder, a Salvadoran man who was also wanted for murder, and three different gang members in the middle of all of this. So that's who's crossing the border now, and they're about to open the floodgates. And a number of GOP attorneys general are stepping up and saying no more, that this will be catastrophic for our nation. What are your thoughts about this? I agree. I mean, why make it easier? They already have a neon sign saying, come on in. And so far, three states... Again, it's Louisiana, Louisiana, Arizona, Missouri are suing to stop this move and try to block it because that rescission, that lifting of that restriction, which, again, it doesn't even seem like the Biden administration's even adhering to that, that is supposed to be lifted in the beginning of May. So that's not that far away, guys. And boy, if you think things are bad already and those images at the Del Rio Bridge, I think it looks like it's going to get a whole lot worse. Here is Brandon Judd. He is the head of the Border Patrol Union, and he says uh, that this is just a mess. He believes that there's one goal in mind of the Biden administration, and this is cut 30 of him talking about it. I believe that they're trying to change the demographics of the electorate. That's what I believe that they're doing. Um, they know they, they want to stay in power, and the only way to stay in power is to continue to get ele- elected. They can't get elected on their policies because their policies are bad. So he believes it's all about population and that this administration does not care. Although this, I contend, is not a good time for the Biden administration to be opening the floodgates even more. Because remember, President Trump got elected in. It was soon after we saw all those caravans coming towards the U.S. and people were going, "Uh, uh, uh, we need someone who's going to protect our borders. And boy, they are crossing at a rapid pace and a record pace right now. Imagine when it gets a lot easier for them. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Andrew on line three. Andrew, your thoughts about all of this and our southern border. Hey, good evening. If, you know, if I think we have to close the border, but if I was going to invite all those people to come on over, I wouldn't. I would do it differently. I would shut the border and provide the transfer for those people instead of having them come with the smugglers and gang members where they're paying them thousands of dollars and MS-13 is blowing up because of all the money they're making. I would say pay the U.S. government the money for the transportation and then we could use that money to provide the housing for this, 
these people in our country, and we we can vet them a lot a lot better than you know when the way that we have them coming over now and they're getting away. And what about what about Andrew? In. What about like you said, closing it? You know, what about so you know you're paying them for a one way ticket back home? What about that, real quick? Yeah, but they're they're, they're saying that we got to let them in. So if you got to let them in, provide the transportation. But that's if that's if that's if they have legitimate asylum issues, and that's the big question, everybody.